imposters. Welcome back to the You're Not Qualified podcast on the first mini-sode episode. So this is coming out on the last Tuesday of the month. There will be another one on the last Tuesday of next month. And this is to highlight your accomplishments and your perseverance through imposter syndrome, worthiness, being told you're not good enough, feeling like you're not good enough in your own life. These are stories that you submit to me graciously. Thank you so much for me to read on this Tuesday. So how it works is you either email me yncupod at gmail.com, yn as in Nancy, qpod at gmail.com, or send me a DM on Instagram at yncupod, or even on Twitter if you want, at YNQpodcast. And I will read one, two, maybe three, depending on the time we have, the time I have with my guest, and if the if there's like any theme that we're going with. So you can expect to at least have a few here through the next couple of months of your stories that you submitted about imposter syndrome. Today's episode is really exciting because of two things. The first thing, and in no particular order, because they're both great. Steph Chin, my good friend of a couple of years, more than that, a few years, is with me on this episode. She is one of the most badass, smartest women I've ever met, and I earnestly say that, and I hope that you capture that through the conversation today. I honestly didn't really know what to expect. Obviously, your friends are a little bit of a different dynamic and banter than a stranger that you would be talking to while everybody is very friendly and candid about their experiences. It's just the friendship dynamic is different. I wasn't quite sure how it was going to go. Definitely had high hopes and they were just blown out of the fucking water, (laughs) just absolutely blown away by how this turned out and Steph's just willingness to open up about her experience and all of the things in her life that she felt were holding her back, everything that went well, and the mentors that she took along the way. It's just an amazing, it's, it's an amazing idea and amazing story of what can happen when we get out of our own way. And I'm really excited about it. Number two, the submission from Jill is incredible. So Jill is working in the cannabis industry. We get into that. And there is obviously a lot of taboo around that. While the cannabis industry now is, you know, billions of dollars probably in profit since it is legalized in many states, it's still a probably difficult industry to grow in, pun intended. And there is still the stigma around it that it's maybe just a phase, maybe it's not worthy of your time and your resources, and it's just a drug. But we, I think all are now waking up to the fact that it is a very helpful drug. Don't want to get too political here, but should absolutely be decriminalized, legalized, decriminalized in the very least everywhere, release everybody (laughs) for their cannabis use. It's ridiculous. But the specific nature of this episode the growth that one woman made despite all odds against her and people really not believing in it and where she's at now, which is just incredible. 
And I hope that these stories inspire you to go do that damn thing first. And second, believe in yourself. Even if you're not quite ready to take the leap to do that thing, believe in yourself always. Without further ado, because I promised this would be a shorter episode and I'm really bad at delivering on that promise. So here we are. Without further ado, welcome to the first minisode of the You're Not Qualified podcast. And I'm so excited that you're here. All right, let's go. You keep telling yourself what you know, but what do you believe? What do you feel? Today, we're here with Steph Chin, and this is our first time in person, my first time in person for the You're Not Qualified podcast. Steph, welcome, and thank Thank you you. for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, This is also my first podcast. Very thankful that you asked me to be on and also very excited to experience it. I am so stoked. We are also here with my miniature natural puppy that I talk about a lot because he's loud and you guys hear him, but he is doing perfectly. He's great. She's a dog whisperer. I am obsessed with him <laughs> and I'm obsessed with how smart he is yeah, with playing games. He's a terrier in all of the ways. <laughs> all of the ways. So for these episodes, because this is going to be the first one that is a mini-sode, And it's the first one where I'm going to get into a listener submission. Usually it's somebody that kind of sourced for their story and sourced for their experience in terms of how they've experienced imposter syndrome in their life. And this time it's you all that are giving snippets of an experience or even like a question or concept that you're thinking of and sending it in. So it's it's a couple of different things. It's definitely new. Wondering how it goes and if everybody likes this and if you do send some in because we can do this once a month then and it would be really fun like even probably have Steph back so just uh, let us know how you think about it but today we're uh, going to be chatting about one submission in particular by uh, a woman named Jill and we're also going to be talking about Steph's experience in the industry, tech industry specifically, and how she worked her way up and is now a product professional. We actually started out, we met at a company, a startup, a few years ago now. How many? Yeah. Like seven? Five, yeah, I think five or six years yeah. ago. Back in the good old customer service days. Yeah, exactly. We were both <laughs> on the customer service team. Yeah. And we're both in very different places in our career from that point, which is awesome. But I'd actually love to just start with your experience and then we can get into cool. the email from Jill. But okay. I know that you now are working at Zillow. Mm-hmm but your journey to get there was anything but uh, very linear. (laughs) Anything but normal. Anything but normal. Tell me about your journey. Thanks. Yeah, throughout my journey, I think the the first and foremost thing that you may notice is that I'm probably the least qualified person to give career advice. I have absolutely... It is the beauty of this podcast. (laughs) I have absolutely no experience being coached or or coaching but I've come across some some really awesome mentors along my way and so that's that specifically for me really powerful female mentorship has been the true through line of my career and where that all started was I coming out of college 
all I cared about in my career was that it took me out of the Midwest. I, I was oh, no born and raised in the Midwest and my time there needed to end. I needed some water, some mountains. And so I, I literally Googled like the 100 best places to work for millennials and just started going through the list and applying. I have no idea about that. That's mm, amazing. Yeah. And so I interviewed with, I'm dog obsessed similarly to, to Courtney. And so I was like, oh, this is awesome. I want to work at Rover. It doesn't matter what I do. And they offered me a position in customer service. At the time I was like, okay, I have a a four-year degree. This seems a little bit maybe lower, but I had a lot of things going on in life. I um, mean, I wanted to make a big move. So I thought, okay, I'll slow down. I'll make this move and then I'll restart when I'm ready. So I get out here, was in customer service, but was at the start in a startup that like at Rover, if there was no one to walk the dogs, we would walk the dogs. Yep. <laughs> we would literally leave our corporate office and walk the dogs in the Seattle rain, which my curly hair was not used to. <laughs> and uh, I joke, that's really what started my career journey was I came to work questioning like, if I was do like, what could I do to get out of walking in the rain? That's very nice. Let's grow this product. <laughs> yeah. If that is motivation, yeah. if that's not motivation, I don't know what is. Yeah. And really that started a sequence of events that are a pattern that I, I grew in my career, which was to ask people what they needed help with and use mm -hmm. that to leverage new experiences as well as connections. In my undergraduate time, I heard the joke, I don't really think it's a joke many times that people get their MBA or they go to business school really to network, to create connections. And my thought there was, I bet there's a cheaper way. <laughs> and I bet there is. <laughs> I don't at that, that point in my life and still don't have $70,000 to network with. And I, I was really trying to be introspective and say, how can I create connections otherwise and mm -hmm. positive mm -hmm. connections and I know no one single person is going to be everyone's cup of tea but I wanted to leave people feeling good about me because the way they feel is what they'll remember and so I said my personality is dazzling but not everyone's <laughs> cup of tea but really what makes people feel good is if you can give them time back or if you can take stress off their plate and do that by asking them how you can help and building trust so that they know if they give you something they can check out they don't have to worry and so that began this cycle of there i'd be like i have an extra i'm pretty light today what can i help with and then taking things all over the spectrum whether it was actually beneficial to my career or if it's something that really I could do while watching Netflix, but like it gave them a couple hours back. Great. And that led to a lot of amazing opportunities where people were like, I don't have time to go learn this whole subset of things. Can you just really specialize in that? Go learn it, specialize in it. In it. And then as those specialties grew, there I became the subject matter expert. And then I had my first fantastic woman mentor, this woman named Kirsty, who came in and was like, hey, I think you're good at this. There's a clear gap within our company. If I just make space for a couple extra hours a week, will you fill that gap? And I said, absolutely. This was Kirsty at Rover? Yeah, oh. and so she made the space for me to make a curriculum of how to teach people who many of them had no technical experience, how to give them kind of the entry level concepts and language to learn how to communicate with data scientists and engineers and part of it was getting in there and, and 
doing a little bit of coding themselves, but mostly it was just to connect them to a really science-heavy world. And again, she made that little bit of space. I said, this is awesome. Like, all I had asked is like, how can I help you teach the team how to communicate? And she said, great. And then again, I went into another role where that actually, that gave me the space and the time and the experiences to go into a very analytical role. And then I went into business analytics. Oh, that's right. You were our analyst for a little while yeah. on our team. Yeah. You helped me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah, um, good. Yeah, still the best technology I've ever had at a company. That's so, nuts. Yeah, that is nuts to think about. Yeah. The nicest computers. But yeah, so that, just asking a few people if I could help them open up that space. And then I had another amazing mentor, Jenna, at that role where she was really stressed out. I asked if I could help something. She remembered it. And later she came around and, and made space for me mm-hmm. to grow, which was very impactful. And then I moved over to Zillow because one of my learnings is never stay at a com- your first company more than a couple of years. But I, I moved over to Zillow and again was super lucky that I met this woman, Rajni, who she is just the best thing that's ever happened to me. But I was supporting her as a business analyst and she was a very senior product manager. And as we were working together, we had a great relationship. I became more and more interested in what she was doing. And the pandemic hit and she had two kids at home and a husband whose career didn't give him free time during the pandemic. And she was really stressed. And again, the question, what can I do to help? Because I have capacity at this time in my life became awesome because she was like everything. She was like, I will <laughs> teach can you. you not do? She's like, I will teach you anything if I can just get a few hours in the middle of the day to set my kids up for school. And oh, I'm wow. like, absolutely. Teach a teach a woman to fish and I will go fishing. <laughs> and I joke that I got a free MBA from her mm. in this time. You're probably not yeah. that far off. Yeah. yeah, she's amazing. It's the hardest I've ever worked. The most I've ever learned in a short amount of time out of need, but what a fantastic experience. And then she really pulled me into the product world and I have so much to thank for her. And then when it was time to kick me out of her nest and to she was the one who was like I think you're ready to take on your full role go for it and then helped me get into a product space and so again yeah it's just so many wonderful powerful women that I asked them if they needed help and they said yes I'll help you plus I'll look out for you and I'll bring you up with me and those relationships are just so special. Oh my gosh. They're amazing. Yeah, that's that's actually incredible. The the main threads are make known what yeah. your goals are, but mm. also make it known in a way where you can actively pursue them in the way that works for yeah. the people around you and that is taking things off their plate. Mm-hmm. I remember when we went out to a show not that long ago and we went to dinner and I told you about like work and it's going great but I'd really love to stretch a little bit and you're like ask somebody that you you would love to have a job similar to theirs or even Mm -hmm. like move in a similar position as them ask to take things off their plate Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking like what yeah you can't just do that yeah like they're not going to give you their job but they they do do. (laughs) so that makes me think that it's obviously very good advice because you've done it what three times now four I've just asked people what do you not want to do today and then they build trust in you and then they give you harder stuff and together you grow. That's incredible. Wow. I think it's super important to make sure that you point to them. So when people are like, wow, where did you learn this? I'm like, 
Rajni. <laughs> I learned it from Rajni and no one else. And so that's, yeah, yeah that's the important part. Where do you want your product career to go? <laughs> that's a question I cannot answer ever. I think about it all mm. the time, what I want to do, where mm-hmm. I want to go. And I, I still don't know. Mm. I have no idea. Yeah. Maybe work for, I always joke, I want to work for the FBI so bad in artificial intelligence. way too good at that. Yeah. I, I just said it on a podcast. <laughs> so obviously, I'm not cut out for the... What? <laughs> if you ever do, we can just hide your identity. Yeah. And go back and edit this years down the line. There's like a level of confidentiality that I just, I don't think... Going to the party like, hi, I'm Steph, I'm in the FBI. <laughs> yeah. I'm here on a mission. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a really good point. Honestly, we can't take you out. We can we can pretend you're somebody else here, and we'll just cover up like key details in your background. Yeah. Like it wasn't Rover, it was Blover that you worked for. No one will know. No, what is Blover? I don't know. I don't know. No one will know. Nobody will know. That's so inspiring, and uh, you're solidly at Zillow. You don't know what you want your product career to turn out like, but do you want to stay in product? I do. I okay. really, I do enjoy product. I think it's a really good personality fit and that gets me on this thought. And I, I was speaking to my sister about this the other day is as we talk about qualifications, I think it is often seen as a negative thing. If you say, Hey, my personality or, you know, my interests aren't qualified for X, Y, and Z. Like I know that I am not a good artist not because I'm not technically qualified, but because I can't sit still mm-hmm. and it's not within my personality to like, to enjoy doing so. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make me bad at anything, but I really like product. I, I love its fit with my personality. I like doing a million things and leveraging my ADD. Yeah, um, you know, that's one thing I love about product too. And I yeah. just realized that the other day. I can totally identify with that. Yeah. It's like I have my hand in three different, very different things. At all times. At all times. Yep. And that is thriving. Yes. Yeah. I, I love it yeah. for that reason. Um, the chaos. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the people skill building too. Yeah. I think all those soft skills are really underrated. I do but, too. Yeah. It leaves me... Sometimes at the end of the day, wondering what I do when I'm like, it's been a people skill heavy day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what did I do today? Yeah. Sometimes but... I'm chasing down 1 PM on an engineering team. that's like across the world. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I'm like asking three different people. Did I just spend my whole day doing what an org chart should have done? Yes. yes. But I, I love that it's a new challenge and a lot of the challenges don't have an answer, like mm-hmm. a, a right answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is also the, the beauty of product and yeah. Um, not really analytics though, right? There's usually a right answer to math. Yeah. Analytics, although it was my background, I, I, it was very much a stepping stone of how I mm. got to where I wanted to be, but I don't think it was a personality fit for me. I have worked with some of It's funny that working with analysts is one of my favorite things to do, mm-hmm. but I myself was not a good one, a good fit for the mm-hmm. role. Yeah. It's really funny in that way. Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought of it, but they all think a similar way. Yeah. It's it is very black and white is doing a disservice, but it's similar to that. It's it's very the um, ability to like tunnel vision. Yes. 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 Yeah, I think that's it. It's the ability to tunnel vision while also understanding like the connective tissue between all the pieces of the business. That's it's wonderful to watch their minds work. Yeah. But is not me. <laughs> not me. Um yeah, just not for Yeah. Yeah, I 
greatly respect it. Yeah. And nothing would get done if we didn't have minds like those. <laughs> no kidding. The numbers would not be there. Yeah. yeah. Be, we'd all be literally um, just like throwing spaghetti at the wall and be yeah. like, I think this is a great product idea. <laughs> I joke that my job alone is nothing. It's my job backed by some like crazy smart engineers and scientists and analysts that make things actually happen yeah because it it, you know in a silo i do nothing absolutely Um, with them we accomplish cool things together like really cool things there uh, one like tiny tangent and then we can get into the email but (laughs) there uh, was a, a situation at work i think it was even just yesterday for me where um, looking for uh, a product improvement for a certain part of the the website that I work with. One of the areas where people can customize their, like the usability of the site for their needs. Okay. And I was like, oh, this seems like a really good idea. And one person brought the idea up and I'm like helping with this road mapping work stream. And I was like, I think this is a great idea. And got in touch with the PM. And they're like, ah, they're like, well, we hadn't really thought of that. And I was like, oh, I was like, why wouldn't they think about it? Oh, they don't have any real, no real numbers around how many people actually use this. Yeah. Where do I get those numbers? But I was like, I didn't think of that right away. <laughs> yeah. But then I was like, oh, okay. So I asked the analyst, can you just tell me how many people literally click this button? Like yeah. in a 28 day period. <laughs> and I was like, cause I guess that's important. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, he's like, you should leave there. Yeah. It's like, this is what you're doing, what you're doing. And I'm yep, doing what exactly. I'm doing. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, and without you, I can't do what I do in an intelligent way. Yeah. Like, I could do it blind, but it that benefits no one. Wouldn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be uh, doodles. Yeah, that would be just sheer luck. And yeah. That's not a skill. It would. <laughs> luck is not a skill. Okay. <laughs> there is uh, a submission from Jill, like I said. And Steph and I just watched a video that Jill had sent over, and it's um, about 13 minutes long. Jane West, Cannabis, and she talks about, she is the CEO, I believe, and it was at the Women Grow Leadership Summit 2016. Great video. I will just have it in the show notes because it was really inspiring about her journey into the cannabis industry and her journey into wanting to grow as a professional woman in the cannabis industry. Something that I don't give a lot of thought to, I'm not in the cannabis industry, but cannabis has been a big part of my life since high school. Less so now, but now that it's like legal and everything, you see it more. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely businesses around it and people are making really cool, smart, interesting business moves in cannabis. So it's it's an interesting perspective. And Jill now works in the industry. And I'm going to read her DM that she sent because it was really interesting. And I had asked her about her thoughts on imposter syndrome and how that plays into the cannabis industry, what it means to her, and if smoking pot held her career back. Because, I mean, growing up, that's something that I never shared with anybody. I would never tell an employer that I smoke pot. Yeah. It felt taboo back in the day. Oh, absolutely. Um, And her response is, I felt like not having role models that did both and still were traditionally successful was holding me back for sure. So role models that were successful and also smoked pot. She says, I love to break traditional ideals, but it's that kind of stuff that makes my parents proud. And as much as I'd like to think I don't care about that, I definitely do. Now I work for one of the biggest cannabis companies in the game and make more money than my mom or siblings. (laughs) 
Like, it's girl, awesome. get it. Yeah. <laughs> it is absolutely amazing. And it is a really interesting perspective on not feeling like you belong somewhere because of a personal decision for what you do in your downtime. Yeah, that is really interesting that throughout time, our culture, I don't want to blanket our culture. Mine is coming from a, a small town Midwestern perspective. We've really tied our both our intelligence and our self-worth to things that are really not related at all. I remember growing up thinking and hearing that like people weren't going to think I was smart if I was overweight. And I'm like, wait, that doesn't actually matter. Those are two completely disconnected things. And there are biases around and that's people's own problem. But it, it is interesting how we've connected these inherently disconnected features about ourselves in a negative way. And I'm glad our society is evolving past many of those. Mm -hmm. And thank God for Gen Z. Oh, never thought I'd hear that. (laughs) (laughs) The one one main thing they've brought to our lives is just enlightening that people are different. Yeah. Um, That's your, your honest. And we can just simply not care about it. We can not. Let me keep my skinny jeans. Yeah. Yes, my high waisted skinny jeans. I'm gonna die with a middle part in my hair. <laughs> exactly. No. But appreciate that they've brought it into the world that people can be doing things that you maybe not do, you maybe don't agree with, you, and you cannot care about it at yep. the end of the day. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah, and it's not connected in any way to their performance at work or if they're performing at X percentage of a specific KI. It doesn't matter what they're do what they're doing on the weekends. It doesn't matter how they're dressed. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter any of these things. And so I'm, I'm very grateful that it seems that there's that shift in our society to not can I cause of course not giving a shit mm-hmm. about what people do outside of the four walls of work, whether that be virtually or not, is becoming more and more popular. Like, yeah really appreciate that. I, I absolutely do too. It is in a lot of ways none of their business. No. Um, and if it has no impact on your performance of your job, then it really has no business being talked about in HR. It has no yeah. business being talked about when your job is on the line. Yeah. There obviously are some jobs where it might be an exception. You can't smoke pot and go fly a plane with yes. a bunch of people yes. on it. If like, it's let's not, not do that. Yeah. If it's not affecting the job, it's not and, part yes. of the job. Yes, yes. So obviously we have limits here. I want my brain surgeon to not come straight from a vodka tonic. Yeah. But if I enjoy one on the weekend, it's not, you know, that's why I'm not a brain surgeon. I Ideally, yes. I was getting a cafe. Six months ago, I think it was, and then they asked me what I was gonna do after, and I was like, "It's after work now, so I'm gonna go get a beer." And I'm like, "Actually, you want to come? Like, you can have a vodka too." And he's like, "I have to. I have another filling after this." And I was like, "Oh, he's like that's the yeah. That you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. You don't want like a drill in your mouth yeah. when you have vodka." <laughs> so yes, limits. But uh, yeah, check out the Jane West. Of course, we'll link it here. Jill says she's a perfect role model, a cannabis corporate, and a boss-ass bitch, and we agree. Mm -hmm. And you can be too. Truly, don't let what society dictates is professional too. Yeah. Actually dictate what's professional. And in, in Jill's email, I think she... So she says 
she hits on a great point. She says, it felt so nice to see someone I could look up to. That is, it's so interesting to me that they become someone who you look up to once they expose that they're more complex and more, for lack of a better word, interesting of a person and just goes to show you to not be afraid to speak on what you might think is an insecurity or an un, you know, lack of qualification because someone else is sitting there looking up to you for it. And that makes waves throughout our society. And so mm-hmm. that's a cool part. Mm-hmm. She hits on a really cool part. Yeah, she really does. And congrats, Joel, on the badass job. Yeah. That's really awesome. Okay. At the end of uh, these episodes, it might be fun to also highlight other people that we've noticed in our personal lives that are doing really awesome shit. So we can just add a hooray at the end for what we're seeing in the world and in our sphere. Quick plug, this was definitely Steph's idea, amazing idea. And then I realized that I had heard about this on the My Favorite Murder podcast um, when I'm not podcasting about being a badass individual and combating imposter syndrome. I love to go deep, 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 deep down the rabbit hole of true crime. A uh, little, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone. That's the number one podcast, except for maybe dating podcasts right now. So my favorite murder, the fucking hoorays. They are a great inspiration. And also Steph too. I think this is a great addition to this podcast. Uh, fucking hoorays of other people doing really cool shit that we know personally in our lives. So if you also have one of those, you know what? Send it on in. Ynqpod at gmail.com. Awesome. I have a fantastic story, obviously doing all this all nameless, but I have a fantastic story about a friend who truly I see as having one of the worst case of imposter syndromes I've ever met because I've worked with this woman before and she is so good at what she does and instills a level of trust and competency I've really seen very few people. And over the last year or so, I've been talking to her and she's been talking about how she's really taking on two roles at work. So her role and then someone else left. And so she had experience in that area and she is filling the gap and flying across the country. And she, you know, had told me a couple weeks in advance of this conversation, she was like, I think so-and-so thinks I'm getting burnt out. So they've just been up in the company, been like really hyping me up at work and just telling me how much they value me, et cetera, et cetera. And then I get a text from her and she was like, I am filling out my self-review at work and a three is on a scale of one to five, a three would be doing my job as it's listed. And I want to give myself a four, like I'm going above and beyond, but I'm really nervous about it. And I sat there like, what? For the last six months, we've consistently been talking about how you've been going above and beyond and are tired and are working crazy hours and are doing far more than what's on your job description, what you're being paid for. Like, why would you not? And she was like, it just feels weird to give myself a four. In the back of my mind, I'm like, you're crazy. It's been clear to me, like I don't sit there with her at work every day, but just based on what she's been saying she's been doing, it's clear that it's a four. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm gonna push you to give a four. Like you really need to 
accurately accurately measure your performance and if there's a mismatch then you talk about that mismatch like you're mm-hmm. not going to get demoted for it they're <laughs> yeah. just going to be like hey. if anything they'll be like we don't see this yeah and then you can talk about yeah. it and then she gave herself a four and leadership gave her a four and I was like that and a raise um, hell yeah and I was like Finally, believe in who you are. And just that moment of her knowing how badass she was made my whole day. I was very happy. That is so good. That's so good. And God, that's awesome. Like a raise too. Yeah, yeah. Was it out of four or could have been a five? It could have been a five, but I think that's like nearly impossible. It was like four is above and beyond. And I'm like, if you're doing cool shit, acknowledge it in yourself. Like you're allowed to be awesome. Yep. Say it. Yeah, say it and scream it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And convince other people. Yeah. Because they will usually... And convince yourself. And convince yourself. (laughs) Which is the hardest one. 100%. It it does, it reminds me of a story of a recent mountaineering trip I was on. Oh, yeah. And there is this, I'll talk about it more, I think, on another episode, but there's this air of everybody feels like they can't do it. Mm-hmm. when you're up there mm-hmm. there is absolutely like the night before you get up at midnight to go and try to hit a summit on a big mountain everybody's shaking in their boots nobody can sleep and everybody's I don't know if I can do this and you rope up you get on the glacier and you can't always turn around because it's not always safe but the turnaround point you sit there again and you're like I don't know if I can do this there was this one woman who was in the boat with all of us where she was like i'm having a hard time her heels were had like the worst blisters and they were basically like complete skin gone on the heels i've never seen anything like it in my life and she had taken off her boots and they were redoing her bandages on the way up like the first day they did it on the morning of and her heels were insane and she was like popping ibuprofen and she's i I'm really afraid that this is going to hold me back. And we were all talking about it. And she said, I don't know if I can make it. But she also had this like air about her where me and a friend of mine who was doing the climb with me, we sat down and we're like, honestly, if anybody can make it up this damn mountain, it's you. Mm-hmm. Like we can feel it. And we mm-hmm. know that it's like in you. Mm-hmm. And it's like a different kind of situation when it's literally like physical impediment. <laughs> yeah. But it's still a lot of mind work. It's very mental. It is so mental. Yeah. And she made it. That's awesome. And she got back down and she had even worse blisters. (laughs) And she like, she wasn't hobbling literally until the last bit of coming back into camp. Yeah. And then it was like she almost fell over and she took her boots off and we were like, holy shit. Like her feet were (laughs) fucked. (laughs) Like we need to get you some medicine. I cannot imagine how good of a sit she had for the next week. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. And we were all like catering, like getting her dinner. Yeah. And I was like getting her gel for her like literal like incisions. It was awful. Oh my God. But she was sitting there and she was like, once I told myself I was going to do this, I was going to do this. Yeah. She's like, yes, I was scared. Yes, I had doubts. But it was like in the back of my mind, I know I can. So I did. And nice. it felt like a lot of things, obviously, like her heels were against her. But she killed it. And she's also like, I've had two kids. This is like small potatoes. <laughs> That's like both a physical and a, a mental and emotional mountain. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Scale. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah. believe in yourself and yeah. you can scale mountains. Yeah. Actually, literally. And again, the bringing it, looping it back to the the first, it's that those people in your life who are your mentors and your hype squad, sometimes you got to lean on them and you got to listen to them. Yeah. And when someone tells you you can... Especially Believe a, a guide that's seen, they've seen the worst of worst yeah. injuries. And if they're not telling you that you might want to sit this one out, like they would tell you if they thought that yeah. you couldn't do it. If you were going to be a legal liability. 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah, you signed yeah. the paperwork, but they still got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be a good day if they push you too far. No. Yeah. And we all don't really want to rescue anybody. No. Like we train for it, but we don't really want to yeah. do that. It's like, it takes it's a long vibe, time. Yeah. It's not the vibe we're looking for on the mountain. Yeah. It takes away from the vibe. Yeah. But yeah, like badass women, man. Yeah. There were a lot of the guys in the group, too. They're like, I wouldn't have continued. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The, <laughs> the pain threshold man is really impressive. Yeah, that's incredible. That's such a good story. Thanks for sharing. She, Yeah, she's awesome. I'm going to send her this after. <laughs> like, I talked about you. That's Obviously, cool. I won't say her name for privacy, but she was so badass. Yeah. Those are amazing. And both med- the, both of those are mental hurdles. 100%. That get yeah. you to a, such a proud point. Yeah. Like such a killer point. I hope she always puts fours now. Yeah. If she does them. Because she's there might be some times in life where we don't perform in a four. But if you're capable of it and you were doing it, just put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think so much, so many of us are afraid of saying we're above average. But if you are above average. If you're being above average at that moment and that skill in your life, it's okay to say, "Yeah, I'm great." It's so hard, though. I don't think I would ever have those words come out of my mouth, like that. I'm above average. Honestly, yeah, that's no. yeah. Like, and I, but and you I have know been. you are. Like, you, you are have... one of the smartest people I know. But there are some <laughs> things in my life where I'm very average. Example, baking. <laughs> I wouldn't sell it to anyone. But there are other things where I'm like, I'm, I'm a damn good dog mom. I. Far above average oh, yeah. on the dog scale. And that is something I will... Jimmy would not have had the life he has with any other mom. No. no he's an absolute basket case. He's a wild deer. <laughs> he cannot be broken. <laughs> no. But, yeah, there are some things that you're like, if you're above average, it's okay to say I'm good at this. And, and, and you should. And it's really cool to see other people say, I know I'm good. I know yeah. I did good. And um, you have a rallying it. swat if you do. Yeah. Like, people will pump yeah. you up before and they'll pump you up after. Yep. Because people are better than we get the credit card for. Yeah. Sometimes external validation's okay when you know it's coming from a good place. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's a great place to end. Sweet. Thank you for oh. having me here. Thank you. It was awesome. This is so fun. Yeah. I don't have any budget for this show. But now <laughs> I want to fly people in. For You're like, not going to get Demi Lovato. Call her daddy. If, if I... You know what? Maybe I'll shoot her a DM. We'll see where that gets me. <laughs> if only you had Alex Cooper's oh. agency. Like... Let's let's go barstool sports. Yeah. Do you need another podcast? James, how can we put you to work? James, we gotta put you to work. You gotta monetize your yeah. looks. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's cute. Yeah, he is cute. I'm a biased mother, but he's very cute. He's so cute. <laughs> awesome. Awful well thank, thank you again. You. Thank you this for being awesome. here. Welcome, imposters, to the end of this first listener episode mini-sode of the you're not qualified podcast we love confident women who get what they are entitled to get 
who go after their fire, who seek out other people to lift them up and then allow those others to lift them up. Things I took away from this episode, find mentors and take things off of other people's plates. I said it in the episode and I did mean it that Steph gave me that advice a while ago and I kind of thought it was just a bunch of shit. I was like, there's just no way that would work for everybody. But the way that she presents it, it's so much more approachable and tangible than I gave it credit for. You can approach somebody that seems like even if they're a little frazzled only one day, what can I take off your plate? What can I help you with? Especially if they have all of these extra things going on in their life that you might not because that's really being a good human to another human and not just using somebody to get ahead, but you're taking something that they just might not be able to do and then they they see that you want to help and people want to be helped, especially in the corporate world that demands so much and especially in jobs where you have a family and you feel like the world and life demands so much of you. Just ask and see if they'll give you something. See if you can help them. And that will inevitably help you so much. Take that advice to heart. Another thing, something I need to activate in my own world is take Steph's words to heart. If you're doing cool shit, acknowledge it in yourself. You are allowed to be awesome. And I am speaking from experience here. I don't know one person that's not awesome. The people I had lunch with today, I can point out 10 awesome things about them. I can point out 10 awesome things about my closest friends. There is always something about you that is so rad, so unique, so welcoming, kind, creative, intelligent. It's... There's so many different adjectives to describe you. And if you're doing cool shit, really in any walk of life, in your job, if you're doing cool shit in a side hobby, if you're doing cool shit in your neighborhood to help with your community, shout it, acknowledge it, be proud, and then help other people get there too. Do not discount what you've been providing to the world. Just don't discount it. If you're doing cool shit, acknowledge it in yourself. You're allowed to be awesome. Where to find Steph, the grow video that we chatted about, and myself are all in the show notes. Friends, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inspiring me every day to try to be the best version of me. Present, loving, thriving, and taking none of that you're not good enough shit. None of it. We're all good enough. And we're here to prove it. Send me your stories. Send me your questions. And I would love to chat about it on the next Bonus Tuesday episode. And until then, see you Thursday, my babes. Bye.